funny but true. And I think sometimes we approach God in the same way. And uh, we come to him and say, change your course. And God is unchangeable. And he's never changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're the ones who are to be malleable. We're the ones to be changeable. We're the ones who can alter our course. And, of course, that's been the name of our series, Alter Your Life, A-L-T-A-R and A-L-T-E-R. Uh, now, I want you to know today as we, we look at Romans 12, 2, that this isn't a message about shape up your life. This isn't about you cleaning yourself up, trying to make yourself look more presentable to God. This is not what this is about. You see, because God, what he's doing with his kingdom, the kingdom of his son, and bringing us into it, he's, he's taking dead things and making them alive. That's what he's doing. And us trying to shape up our lives, that would be, it's like cleaning up a dead body. It's still dead. It might be a clean dead body, but it's a dead body. What God does is raise a dead thing and makes it alive. He makes us alive. In the same way, God isn't, he isn't trying to do a remodeling job on your life either. He's not trying to fix you up. You're not, you're not, you're not a fixer-upper. In fact, what he's doing is a total demolition of all our lives. A total demolition, starting over with a new foundation, Jesus Christ. And he's building and making something new and beautiful. And so I want you to know this, this isn't about, you know, some kind of thing of, oh, I'm gonna, I gotta be a more moral person. No, that, that, that's not what this is about. This is all about responding to the amazing grace of God found in Jesus Christ. Now, like I said before, God is unchanging and we are not. And we, we got to figure that out. we got to get that straight. I know it's a tough one for a lot of us. But from the moment of conception, we are changing. Change is part of our life from the very moment life starts. Within 30 hours of 23 chrom- chromosomes coming from each parent and coming together, there is a multiplication that happens. And there is change that happens. And it continues every eight hours, this multiplying of your cells, division of your body. And so we're born, we grow, we age. That's growth. That's change and alteration. It happens naturally. We really don't have much say in it, do we? I mean, I know some of you uh, parents of little young ones, you're saying, stop growing, stop growing. You're growing too fast, you know. We can't. You're not in control of it. They're not in control of it. Change is happening. And that happens also as we get older. (laughs) And we want those wrinkles to stop around our eyes. And and we want the sagging arms to stop. And But change happens. I was watching a a sci-fi show the other day where uh, this, this little toddler girl all of a sudden ages into an adult in one day. And then the rest of the story proceeds to tell the tragedy of someone who's matured on the outside, but on the inside, they haven't changed at all. And physically, you know, we don't have much control over how we change. We know that there are some things that affect us indirectly. You know, how we choose to sleep, uh, how much we eat or little we eat, uh, 
how exercise, all those have an indirect impact on our growth. Now, whether you do those things well or not, uh, you're going to grow in some way or change in some way. But it will be impacted by those three things. Now, our inner life is the same way. God takes what, what once was dead, makes it alive in us, and what is alive always grows. It always grows. So spiritually, there are things that are out of control in your life when you invite Jesus Christ in. Because inevitably, you are going to grow spiritually one way or another if Jesus Christ has been invited into your life and you've sought him as your Savior and Lord. And you cannot control that spiritual growth, but there are a few certain things that you can choose that will indirectly impact your inner growth, the formation of your heart. So I want us to take a look again at these verses that are central to the theme of this message series. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. We'll start with one. Brothers and sisters, in light of all I have shared with you about God's mercies, I urge you to offer your bodies as living and holy a living and holy sacrifice to God, a sacred offering that brings him pleasure. This is your reasonable, essential worship. Don't allow this world to mold you, like Sue has shown you, in its own image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. As a result, you'll be able to discern what God wills and whatever God finds good, pleasing, and complete. So first, first what, what's said here in Romans 12.1? First, in light of all that God has done, in light of all that he's shown in Jesus Christ, the grace and the mercy he's given you, offer yourselves to God. That's the first thing. That's worship, our response to grace. That's the A-L-T-A-R part of altering your life. Second, look at verse 2. Don't allow the world to shape you, but instead be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. And this is where we A-L-T-E-R our lives. Now, some translations say, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So don't conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right, so can I get you to say that? So we're going to say this, and you're going to remember at least 24 hours from now that this is what we talked about, okay? So do not conform, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. All right, let's try it again. Do not, to the pattern of this world, but be by the of your mind. Good, good. Now, I have a van, and we've had it a few years, and uh, I've, I've maybe only, we've only driven it about 40,000 miles, but I have had to put two new sets of tires on it, and tires that should have lasted at least 60,000 miles. So you know why I had to do that? The steering system hit a few bumps, and, and while traveling on the road, and, and the steering came out of alignment. And instead of going and getting the car aligned, me and my wife would, would fight the car wanting to drive off the road 
and keep driving it, keeping those wheels straight when they wanted to go like this. And when you go down the road like this, it wears down your tires. And it, and you, you let the road shape your tires. And some people are like, Shannon, you're a fool. Go get your car aligned. Well, the same thing I want to say spiritually to you, to everyone is don't be a fool. In the same way, don't let the world shape you. Instead, align yourself with God so that you can travel this road of life. It's, it's really a simple thing, but we have a hard time doing it. We, we don't like to change. We don't like, it's hard to change our minds too. Well, how does that work anyway? Well, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, what, again, what is, what is transformed? Metamorphized. Or the word in, in the New Testament, metamorphosed. And, and with the ED, that it's kind of continuing. I don't know if you remember from elementary school, you know, when you studied metamorphosis for the first time, what, what two little creatures did you study? Caterpillar, and what's it turn into? Was it? Butterfly. It metamorphoses and, and, and turns into a butterfly. And then there's, what, what's the other one? Yeah, yeah, a little tadpole. And the tadpole, it transforms or has a metamorphosis and it turns into a frog. Yeah. So, did, did you know that this word metamorphosis, it's the same word that was used when Jesus was transfigured. Do you remember that story? Uh, Jesus was on a mountainside with Peter, James, and John. He was going to have one of his moments of prayer. And when all of a sudden he takes on this heavenly glorified appearance, his clothes were brilliant, white, blinding. Uh, it, it's like he was shining. And, uh, and then all of a sudden Moses and Elijah appeared and, and he's talking with them. And somehow Peter, James, and John knew it was Moses and Elijah talking to them and something was special was going on. And, 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 and then the moment passes and no one is there but Jesus looking like he had always looked before. That was a metamorphose. Uh, in, in Greek is what it says. And in English we say it's a transfigured, transfiguration. Now, inwardly, God wants to metamorphose you and me. That's what this word in Romans is. Do not conform, but be transformed, be metamorphosed, you and me. What are we being changed into? You know, uh, you know the story, there's, there, you have all these uh, fairy tale stories, you know, where the, you kiss the frog and turns into a prince. And, you know, sometimes they got the stories now where they reverse it and you turn into something scary. And, uh, and I think sometimes we get, well, you know, is God going to turn me into something crazy? You know, is he going to turn me into a missionary that has to go to Africa? <laughs> those people give me the willies. I don't know. You know, is he going to turn me into one of those Bible thumping freaks, you know, that goes around? All they do is scare people and insult people and cut people down, you know? Uh, I'm not sure what he's going to change me into. Well, never fear. Never fear. What he is changing us into is into the likeness of his son, Jesus. And, and last time I heard, everybody still likes Jesus. No, a lot of people don't like church. They don't like Christians. They don't like Christian faith. But you like Jesus? Yeah, Jesus. He's cool, man. Yeah. I'm down with Jesus. Yeah. So, and what... We read from God's word, Jesus 
was amazing. He was perfect. He was loving. He was kind. He was powerful. He was good. And so we're being shaped into his likeness. When we said yes to this new life that was put into us, again, we we gave up some control. We said, Jesus, you're first. I'm not. You have authority in my life. I'm giving up control. You have the steering wheel of my life. Jesus, take the wheel. You know, um, it was saying all those things when we said yes, and this new life was put into us, and now it's growing and is inevitable. You will be transformed into the likeness of Jesus one way or another. But I think there are some points along the way where we indirectly can affect that transformation. We can slow it down or keep it going. And I think sometimes we're moving along in life and, and we, we, we're, we're on a course that we, we like. We're comfortable. And things are going along pretty good. And there's, there's a lighthouse in front of us saying, if you keep on this course, you're going to crash. And we're like, well, get out of the way. Well, no. God is, is, is unchangeable. You are not. We are not. We are the ones who are shaped. We are the ones who alter. We are the ones who change. We are the ones who align ourselves. God is not. So I think in those moments, when we, when we hear God saying, I'm shaping something in you, and we, we can sense that there's something that wants to resist in us, we don't want to change. We don't want to be transformed, metamorphosed. I think it's in those moments we need to pray, Lord, give me a willing spirit to sustain me. A willing spirit. I really believe that what, that's what God desires of us. A willing spirit. And he has so much in mind for us. This new creation he's making in us. A shaping of us. Sometimes it's really hard to change our minds. And our, our, our mind and heart get set on something and we don't realize that we're on a course that is going to stunt our growth or even lead to spiritual sickness. You know, I was listening to a, uh interview with the astronaut on the Apollo 13. Um, and maybe some of you saw the movie Apollo 13 a while back. Uh, it, it, you know, it's based on the story of the, the space mission that almost ended in disaster as it was trying to return into the Earth's atmosphere. And uh, I was listening to the interview with the, the lead astronaut who had to calculate their re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere manually. So calculating without a computer uh, because all the instruments on the ship were dead. And, and, and so the interviewer asked the guy, because they had seen the movie and you know, they made it all dramatic about you know, pushing buttons and, and calculating stuff like that and firing the little blasters or whatever to alter the course. And it was very dramatic and tense. And so the interviewer was like, how much of that was really true? I mean, how accurate did you really have to be to get into the Earth's atmosphere? And the astronaut said, well, if I would have been two degrees off, we would have bounced off the atmosphere of the Earth and floated off in the space, and we all would have died. Two degrees. Now, two degrees doesn't seem like much in life, does it? I mean, two degrees, if you're just going a couple of feet, I mean, two degrees, I mean, I'm still facing this direction, right? Yeah. But two degrees over space and time, 
over a hundred yards, over a year, over five years, ten years, it could lead you to a place far from home, a place far from God and where he wants you to be. A two-degree difference seems very little in our lives, but I think sometimes we need to estimate what that means over time and years. Because a two-degree difference can change everything for us in the long run. And I think some of these things where God is shaping us and transforming us, they're two-degree differences. Two degrees. How important is it to listen to the Holy Spirit when the Lord's Spirit is trying to speak to us and say, I'm wanting to shape this in you. I want you to choose differently this time. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting you to respond differently in this situation. I want you to say something different. I want you to act in this way. You know, there are some things that we can do to indirectly help us to not conform to the world, but instead be transformed. The scriptures say, by the renewing of your mind, you'll be able to understand what God wants, what God thinks is good and pleasing. You'll, you'll know and you'll understand there, there are a couple of things uh, that we know that can renew a mind. Now, uh, just a, a little interesting thing here about our mind and the renewing our mind. One of my daughters has MS and uh, multiple sclerosis. It's, it's, that means multiple scarring of nerves in the brain. And there is no cure for it. Um, and it can be a, a scary thing since your brain controls everything in your body, right? So when scarring occurs to a, a certain part of your brain, maybe it's here or maybe it's over here, which part does that affect in your body? All of a sudden, one part of your body isn't functioning like it should or not functioning at all. So, but in learning about this disease, our family and, and studying things, we've read all kinds of things and heard all kinds of reports, but one of the interesting things that we've learned is that scientists have discovered, and especially in children and young people, that when you learn something new, you create new neural pathways. And it may look like that, like for my daughter with multiple sclerosis, that one pathway of the mind is blocked by scarring, but the mind has the ability to learn a new pathway around that scarring and still accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Now, I believe the same is true for a spiritual mind. The mind that has been offered to God. Remember, that's Romans 12.1. Offer yourselves, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So a mind that's been offered to God has a chance to do something new within it. See, if you responded to God's grace by giving yourself to God, giving your body, heart, and mind, I believe that He can renew it. I believe the Spirit of God can take a mind that has been contaminated or scarred, so to speak, with wicked thoughts, with depressing patterns of thought, with pornographic images, with filthy words or jokes. And God, by His Spirit, can wash that with the blood of Christ. Not only cleanse a mind, but I believe that the Spirit can renew, create new patterns of thought that were not there before. 
Now, what is the catalyst for all that? What is it that if you choose to have present in your life, and again, a catalyst is uh, like if you have two chemicals and, and you put them together, they don't do anything, but then you bring in the catalyst, all of a sudden these chemicals react and work together. And the catalyst isn't like connected with those things coming together, but it's there. It's just present. So it indirectly causes a reaction. That's what a catalyst is. And what is the catalyst for us, for a transformed life by the renewing of our mind? What can do that to your mind? The Word of God. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit invited into your life can change everything. Listen to this. This is from Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. You ever had a moment where your soul was just worn out, weary, needing some reviving? His words are reliable and true, making wise the simple. You ever feel sometimes just like a fool, just like you can't get it right, you're doing the same thing over and over and it just doesn't change? That's foolishness. But what can make you wise? Hmm. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. You ever struggle with despair? Ever struggle with thoughts that get you down and just it's just a cycle going over and over and you just kind of live with this little cloud just it just kind of follows you everywhere and you're just kind of Charlie Brown in it everywhere you go? You know what could give joy to your heart and change all that? Despair to joy? The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving clarity to the eyes. You ever been confused about some things? Just kind of not being able to see clearly how you're supposed to choose or act or react? You know what can give you clarity with all that? See a pathway through an obstacle or around or over? The decisions of the Lord are sound, are right through and through. And sometimes we struggle with what is really right in our world. Things get so complicated with ethics and all the new situations and technology that's thrown at us, and situations in the workplace and the neighborhood, and we go, what is really right? What am I to do in this situation? This wasn't around 50 years ago, but it's prevalent today. How am I supposed to respond? Something is right, and it'll be right through and through. They are more precious than gold, more than abundant pure gold. They are sweeter than honey. You see, if you let the Word of God have a place in your life, if you'll give time and space to it, the Word can be a catalyst that will renew your mind, create new pathways that were not there before. Now, the Word of God is not dice that you roll. It's not, hey, I'm going to flip open the Word of God, roll the dice, throw it out, and tell me what to do. No. It's not going to tell you, make, it's not going to make decisions for you. It's not made that simple. No, but if you give time and space to the Word of God, there will be new pathways you didn't see before. What you see will give you courage to choose what you haven't been able to choose before and to pray what you didn't know what to pray before. Your mind will be metamorphosed, changed. And when we talk about the mind spiritually, 
A lot of times that includes what we call today our heart. Well, my heart tells me this. I'm following my heart, whatever. You know, wrap that up. Transformed. So what does a person's life look like when his or her mind is renewed? When you're transformed into his likeness? You know, we kind of said, you know, man, I'm... I don't know, what am I going to be changed into? That's kind of scary. You know, it's, I, don't, it's not, I don't want to do a Jekyll and Hyde potion, turn me into a monster. Well, no, here's the rest of Romans 12 describes what a transformed, renewed life looks like with a renewed mind. It says that a person who's transformed and their mind is renewed, they're not conceited. They're not conceited, but they move in humility together with others in Christ. And and they can use their gifts and their abilities for a greater good. It says those who are transformed and renewed in their mind, they're sincere in their love. Oh, man. Sincere sincerity. Man, that is something that is so needed, so desired today. When we see authenticity, we eat it up, don't we? We love it, whether it's a comedian or a, or a, a leader or, or a teacher. When there's just sincerity and authenticity, we're like, I like that person. I like that person. Wouldn't you want that in your life? Isn't that what you would desire to be transformed into? Some, someone of sincere love who's authentic? The, the person who's been transformed and their mind is renewed, they honor others. They're not lazy. They, they have zeal for God. Would you like to have a little of that inputted into your life? A little zeal for Him? A little excitement about something? I know, I know that, you know, we're trained in public schools and private schools to not be excited about anything. Because if we, if we get excited about something, we look kind of geeky. We, we, you know, we gotta play it cool. And to be cool is to act like you're bored with life. Like you got it all in control. Yeah. That is just so stupid. Man, I would love to see somebody excited about anything, have some zeal about, passion about something. And in fact, people follow those kind of people when they got zeal and they're excited about something, they have a passion for something. We need more people like that. Someone who's transformed by Christ and and their, their mind is being renewed, there's harmony with others. I love harmony. I love when we sing and there's melody and then the, and you just hear it in the faint, faintly, these other people sing in harmony and it just goes together. Life can be that way with other people. Not always conflicting sounds and congruency, but unity and harmony. There's patience in trials. There's the person, this person has constancy in prayer. They never give up. And, and there's plenty to share with this person. They're always hospitable. Wouldn't you like to live that way? I know sometimes I worry about supplies in the house and do we have enough and can we be generous or not and can we invite these people over? Wouldn't you like to rather instead just like, ah, who cares, just invite them over and let's do it. God will take care of it. You know, a person who's transformed, the mind is renewed, there's blessing instead of cursing. There's leaving vengeance to God and overcoming evil with good. 
Man, that sounds like a superhero overcoming evil with good. And I would love to be like this person described in here. <coughs> That's what we're being transformed into. The likeness of Christ. This is the description. I want it. Do you want that? I think it would be a good thing. And how do we get it? By the renewing of our mind. And how do you get a renewed mind? you got to bring in that catalyst, the Word of God, the presence of God, His Spirit. So not just the Word of God, but I think like when we come together here, His presence is with us. There's this time of worship, and in the worship, man, we're focused on Him. There's moments of prayer when we're talking to Him directly. The Spirit He's put within us, communicating to, to the Holy Spirit together. Beautiful things happen when those catalysts are there. It renews our minds. But we've got to allow the catalysts of God's Word time and space in your life. That means sometime in the morning, or it's going to be sometime in the evening, or it's going to be sometime at lunchtime. You're going to have to make some space. is isn't going to happen magically. is isn't going to happen if you wish it into your life. It's going to happen when you set your alarm or when you stop and put down whatever it is you're doing at work and you go and you take your lunch and you go outside somewhere and you sit down and you open up the Word of God and you eat your sandwich. That's how it's going to happen. Make time for it. Look, what I'm sharing with you is the way people respond to God's grace. If there's nothing about God's grace that moves you, if there's nothing, if there's just deadness, numbness, you don't need to respond this way. You don't need to worry about a renewing of your mind. You don't need to be renewing about bringing this catalyst into your life because you haven't been moved by the grace of God. This, this is only about responding to God's grace. And the way we respond to God's grace is let, allow ourselves to be transformed by renewing of our minds. And, and if God's grace hasn't penetrated your life, then that's not for you. I would say if there's just deadness within, then you need to encounter the true gospel, the real good news of Jesus Christ's life, his life inside of you, his life for your life, his substitute. You need to encounter God's grace. Maybe you need to encounter it all over again. But if you have encountered God's grace and there's something about Jesus accepting you that still thrills your heart, that, that you are the apple of his eye, and that makes your heart kind of go, and it makes your mind kind of shoot off new ideas. If, if that's you, then you are called to this. You are called to be transformed. And don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't allow the world to shape you or mold you. You are called to be shaped into the life of Christ. You are called to respond in this way. Remember, God, He is unchanging you and I were ever changing into his likeness. Sometimes the world pulls on us, though. Gravity pulls us out of alignment. No matter how long you've been trying to respond to grace and you've been saying, yes, Jesus, sometimes the world pulls on us. The band can come on up here, and I'm just going to end with this. Our military has these powerful submarines. 
outfitted with the latest technology that is outmatched by any other in the world. And these submarines can go beneath the surface of the water and stay under for long periods of time, even up to a year. They can leave the port and have supplies that last them for over a year. They have specialized filters that clean and supply fresh air to them while they're under the water. And even though they have all this, these submarines still have to come to the surface before six months passes. Why is this, when they could have supplies to last for a year? Well, it's because the magnetic forces of the poles of the earth, the north and south poles, they affect the navigation systems. And so they have to resurface so that they can recalibrate their navigation systems. Now, the same goes for all of us who have given ourselves to God. We've offered ourselves as living sacrifices. You've been given like these powerful subs, you've been given this resurrection power into your life. It can sustain you and, and, and make you go places that you never thought you'd go, give you life like you never thought you'd had life. And we belong to him, not to the world, but we live in the world. And even though there is this powerful resurrection life, the world pulls on us and it tugs on us. And so we have to recalibrate. We have to hear from Him. We have to meet with Him so that we can recalibrate our lives, realign ourselves. Our minds do need renewing so our lives can be lived free from the mold of this world. So this is, this is our task. This is what we do. This is part of the reason why we come together like this on Sundays. And it's the reason why we're going we're gonna to stand together and we're going to worship here. So would you, would you stand with me? I'm going to close in prayer. And I, I, I do just say, you know, I've talked about taking time for God's word. If, if that's you and you're saying, I, I need that, I need that catalyst in my life, we have reading plans to help you with getting started in that. And I'd love to talk with you and help you uh, get set up with that with one of our staff. But let me just pray. Heavenly Father, in these next few moments... Lord, uh, even now, as we sing, there's going to be words that are from your word. The catalyst is present. And so, Lord, in the offering of ourselves, we say, transform us. Renew our minds. By the power of your word, by the power of your presence, right here with us. And as we sing, as we worship you, as prayers and communication between us and you happens, Lord, cause that renewing in our minds. Make new pathways, something that haven't, haven't been existed there before. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.